Last week, I went into work and the Wi-Fi was out. I was shocked into a standstill. Every 10 minutes or so, I would try a different task and then realize I couldn't do it because I needed the internet. I found myself getting frustrated because I felt like I should have easily been able to access my work, but I couldn't. I was missing a necessary tool I didn't even know how much I relied on until it was gone. Lack of accessibility can cause difficulties for people of various abilities. Most people believe sign language interpreters would be at a presidential debate, but on September 29, 2020, there weren't. The lack of interpreters took away the opportunity for those who are deaf or hard of hearing to experience the debate in real time. With the Americans with Disabilities Act, media companies followed guidelines to make media accessible but a lot of their regulations are not enough to provide equal accessibility. As journalists, we feel it is our mission to examine what accessibility media means, both for consumers and producers of the news. Accessibility news is more than just allowing people, regardless of ability, to consume news. It's about equal access to news and jobs in the news media. So sometimes the captioning is fine, and then also other times, like the words are completely wrong. Um, for emergencies, it'll say, you know, the word will come in cookie. I'm like, cookie, where did that come from? You know, so like, how did that word come in? So it's really, you know, sometimes words are a little bit off. So going back to having interpreters there, it is tough. That was journalist Crystal Cozano. According to the Americans with Disabilities Act, captioning meets the criteria for equal accessibility. But Jethro Woodall, another deaf journalist who works with Cozano, disagrees. Captioning is in English, which for many in the deaf community is not their first language. So on top of being inconsistent, a lot of people who are deaf have to translate captions into ASL, American Sign Language. Luckily, Woodall loves the challenge. Typically, the news is captioned, so I'll be reading them in English, right, and have to visualize how this might look in my first language, which is a 3D language in ASL. So translating this into ASL is a really fascinating process and um, creating the news in sign, I love it. Woodall works at Sign One News, where both he and Kozano are news anchors. Recently, they have worked on sharing information to the deaf community about COVID-19, as pandemic updates have been difficult to access. In September 2020, a judge ruled that the White House had to provide an ASL interpreter at COVID-19 press briefings. After that ruling, the court said in a statement, quote, closed captioning and transcripts may constitute a reasonable accommodation under some circumstances, but not here, end quote. Cozano emphasized the importance of interpreters, especially throughout the pandemic. Without them, she can't have access to the news at all. And we let everybody know in the deaf community what's going on in their state. So we do try to get, get the information out to them as much as possible from state to state. When the interpreters are provided, and if they had uh, a, an interpreter there at the press conference, and that's with some of the information that they have. If they didn't, then we're pretty much stuck. It is a challenge for people who are deaf to get their news. Candace Jones, a deaf news anchor, speaks on how it goes even deeper. A lack of diversity in news sources is also a form of inaccessibility. The deaf community has very limited options to news networks in sign language or facilitated in, in ASL. Maybe one or two options total. 
News organizations providing closed captioning instead of interpreters prevents equal access. Many journalists are working to provide that accessibility, expanding beyond the deaf community. Why? They believe a lack of accessibility can have a damaging effect on everyone, regardless of ability. Journalist Karina Sturm has lived all her life with a rare motor disability. She's against stories that make heroes of people like herself doing ordinary things. She has a term for that, inspiration porn. People with disabilities are often portrayed in a very stereotypical way. So um, it's often inspiration porn where the person with a disability is portrayed as some hero-like person just for doing everyday stuff with a disability or they are portrayed as the like poor victim that is suffering all day long and can't enjoy anything in life. And both of these um, are very harmful for people with disabilities because it kind of plays into this whole ableism thing because the people around us already have like a very wrong view of what we can do and what we can achieve. And like by portraying us in a wrong way, it just adds to our burden. Sturm is one of many with disabilities, trying to fight journalistic stereotyping from inside newsrooms. It's not always easy. Harmful language and damaging narratives can widen the gap between people of all abilities. As a freelance journalist, Sturm has seen problematic language edited into her own work. Maybe it would be easier for me if I would sit next to my editor and I could just say, hey, um, what are you doing there? <laughs> can I please not like use that word? But it's often like when you're a freelancer, you just like get an email and it says, hey, your piece was published. And then you see it was edited and you can't do anything about it because it's already over. The source of these problems? A lack of education and awareness. Lots of editors don't really have the time or don't want to spend the time to actually get educated about that. Like even when I point that out, they still don't really learn. Um, and that's the kind of frustrating part. But yeah, education is a big part of it. Many newsrooms seem not to realize accessibility in media can go hand in hand. Accessibility, or lack thereof, has a far reach. It affects communities in every corner of the world and can lead to a serious drought of information. It's kind of seen as a burden to provide that access in the newsroom. And then on the other hand, it's also like people are so scared of like just interacting with other uh, with people with disabilities because they they, sometimes they're afraid of saying something wrong. Other times they have this typical, stereotypical image of you in their mind. Stereotypes are one of the biggest barriers to discussing accessibility. Sturm's solution? Just ask the person, her, him or herself, what they want to be referred to. If they want to have person-first language, identity-first language or whatever. It's, it's very simple, actually. And there are like tons of resources online that talk about language. The fight for accessibility benefits those who need it, and it can help newsrooms. Brian Gould, who we'll hear from more in part two of this series, says accessibility is inclusive for all. When you're creating or you're providing a benefit for somebody with a disability, you're actually making it uh, easier and more inclusive for a whole bunch of people. For example, if you're using text and background that has sufficient color contrast, that's not only gonna help people with specific visual impairments, it's going to help everybody. If, if you have captions 
it's going to help a whole lot of people and be better in the long run than if you don't have Many news organizations would like to introduce more accessibility into newsrooms, but are worried about associated costs. To hear more from Gould and learn about the accessible web design of news media, tune into our next episode. With producers Eleanor McCrary, Noah Kreider, Abby Orff, and Caitlin King, I'm Isabella Paxton for Global Journalist.